Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's man. I'm Nick Pinder. At the moment, I'm chairman of the Manx Bat Group, um, but you only serve for three years at a time and that. But um, longer term, I'm the recorder, keep all the records that we accumulate of bats on the island. So bats on the island, I mean, the bat group's been around for a while. People are aware of bats. I'm, I said I was doing a quick count earlier on looking at the website. So currently, we'll have a little talk about each of them briefly. So nine species of bat found on the island, slightly from what it was a few years ago, I think. Um, yes, and I think when we started in 1990, there were three or possibly four known species, um, and they've been added to along the way. Um, partly uh, new species actually coming into the island, we think, um, and one or two possibly overlooked in the past. So when you say new species coming in, these will be bats which will have actually crossed the Irish Sea from somewhere, what, in Scotland, Ireland, the northwest. Um, well, we think so. I mean, we've got no proof. Mm. They don't sort of bring passports <laughs> with them or anything. Oh, if only they did. Um, but the one, the Leisler's bat, I mean, it was active, well, actively searched for in the first part of the 20th century. Um, PMC Kermode, the Max Museum, mm. uh, put in one of the magazines... Yeah, we must look for this species about because it's all around the Irish Sea. Um, and in the 1940s, another uh, curator at Liverpool Museum said exactly the same. Um, and then in 1990, we found one. So I th- I'm fairly confident they weren't here in the early part of the 20th century, but were at the end. And they're quite numerous in Ireland, so it's not too far, and they're a big, strong flying bat. Um, the other most, re- one of the most recent ones, Nathusius's pipistrel, is very definitely a, a flyer, although it's tiny. Um, and it flies, known to have flown a thousand kilometres between its summer and winter um, <coughs> habitats in um, the Baltic states, and then they, they come down to northeast France and southeast England, and then they were being picked up on North Sea oil rigs, and eventually um, a breeding colony was found in Northern Ireland. So somewhere along the way, they they've dropped in on the Isle of Man and decided to stay. So let's go through each of the species briefly. Then I'll go through the. I had a quick look on the Max Back Group sites. So I'll go through the order within there. It's one you just mentioned to start. So, Dorbenton's uh, bat, uh, quite often round sort of water. Yes, that's the the classic um, place to see them. Um, they hunt emerging insects, insects that have spent the first part of their life cycle underwater. Things like midges and mayflies and and when they, they emerge as adults, um, a door bends and his back comes along and sweeps them up. They've got great big back feet, um, and they fly low over the surface of the water and then gaff them um, in their feet and transfer them to their mouths. Unfortunately, they're uh, one of the later emerging bats, so it is quite dark when they're out and about. 
and you shouldn't really shine torches on them um, so they can be difficult to spot but maybe going up with a bat detector close to a sort of a lake or something yes yeah. and very definitely and or slow slow moving rivers that'd be the place to go um Lysler's bat uh, so, as i say this is the the strong flyer um and the loudest of our bats and you'll pick them up on a bat detector from 100 meters or so um, and when you do, you, you've got to look up, not sort of, because they fly above the treetops, um, hawking for, for larger insects, beetles and moths. Yeah, and that's quite interesting, because I suppose a lot of people think of bats, and maybe pipit stars and such like, sort of pretty much just above head height, but these bats are much, much higher than that. Yes, when, certainly when they're, when they're feeding and hunting. Okay, so that's a, so look up for a Lysler's bat. Uh, Natura's bat, then. Yeah, this is a, a slightly more problematical one. We we know of a few roosts, um, and I encounter them across the island. They're said to be certainly in Europe. Um, they go up to much higher altitudes, and I think they probably will be found over the moorland on on the Isle of Man. But we don't do a lot about recording up there, so I can't prove that. Um, and we just come across them. I I couldn't say where to go to specifically see them. So numbers fairly small, we're thinking, then, of Natrix? Um, probably. Um, they were involved in this the disaster in the 60s where a large colony was poisoned, uh, gassed, mm -hmm. um, and the UK bat expert at the time, well, not at the time, later on when he found out about it, thought, because of the numbers, it was probably... Um, a roost of all those bats of that of Natura's on on the island, um, but they are still here and dotted about. There's you know, colonies known um, up north and around Douglas. So yeah, there's. I mean, the sort of bat that you are going to find in sort of churches, old roofs, that sort of thing. Yes, they're they're one of the what we call the crevice species of bats, um, and particularly prone to to roosting in in masonry. So walls where the mortars sort of crumbled and they can get in amongst the stones. Laxy Viaduct is said to be one place, but we've, we've never actually proved it. <laughs> um, now the Pipistrel, that's probably the most likely bat that people normally see. So we've got, what, three species of Pipistrel then? Yes, um, up until, well, I suppose the invention of, of bat detectors in the 60s and, and their popularity through to the 80s, they were just called pipistrels. And then um, some people with much better ears than I've got uh, worked out there was two different frequencies that they were picking them up at um, and eventually did some DNA and decided there was two, two different species, the common pipistrel and the soprano pipistrel. And the common pipistrel really does live up to its name. It's uh, by far the most frequently encountered bat. Um, you see it anywhere, everywhere on the island. Um, soprano pipistrel, as the name implies, has a higher pitched call um, on your bat detectors. And that seems to be more frequent in, in the north of the island um, although Silverdale Glen's a bit of a hot spot in the south. Okay. And the third species then, so common soprano and one more? Nathusius is pipistrel. This is the, the migrating one. Mm -hmm. 
um, and that's we just okay we don't don't know of any roosts for, for it but we just occasionally pick it up um, and it can be anywhere with north south east or west we've, we've had them wow. um, but they do seem to be slightly associated with water and a few years ago the bat conservation trust were organizing surveys to try to find them and and the protocol was to, to stand on the side of a large body of water because well Loch Ness in Northern Ireland is you know that's classic sort of site for them um, but we we found them on much smaller bodies of water than that. Okay, but so r- relatively small numbers compared to the other two species on the island? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then the uh, whiskered bat? Yeah, this is the third of the, the myotis species along with Dorbentons and Natteris. Um, and we're not entirely sure, again this um, curator from Liverpool Museum told people to go and find them and then he did find them. Um, but he never published the the thing as a, an official record, which still seems odd to me. Um, so sometime in the mid-20th century, um, uh, we, again, there um, can be found all over the island, no, no specific place. Um, and they're, they're a hunt a bit like pipistrels, but, but the call is different on the detector. And then, uh, I think, is there one more? So we've got the lesser horseshoe bat that was found on the island? Uh, two two more, yeah. Two more, right. Yeah. Okay, and one down. I've been counted. <laughs> um, yes, that's the most recent find. Uh, we're still trying to pin it down, in actual fact. We, we find it mostly uh, in winter around the chasms. Um, I think it is hibernating there. Um, and in the summer, we found it sort of up the coast a bit from the chasms and round about that part of the island but that's all um, we don't know where where they actually live um, or feed uh, we're still trying to find this out so it's only two or three years since it was found and we've got no real idea of, of numbers or in fact how if and how when they got here um, there are uh, anecdotal reports, I suppose, is the best way of describing it, uh, from long before the back group started. But one member then um, remembers her mother telling her of bats hanging from the ceiling of sea caves south of Peel that they used to row into. Um, now, lesser horseshoe bats are the only bat that hangs free from a, uh, a ceiling or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so they might have been here then um, and, and stayed in just low numbers that we've never found um, or they might have died out and, and this is a, a recent incomer uh, they're supposed to be quite fairly weak flyers and UK bat people some of them think um, whatever the distance from Anglesey which is probably the nearest uh, mainland colony mm. is probably too far for them but with the following wind who knows you know might get over and, and is it easy or is it possible to tell them apart from the others without a bat detector is it something oh like, well yeah you know. um in flight and i'm not so sure i've only ever seen uh one in the island at the chasms and it was down in a crack in the rock below my feet so mm. it's a bit <laughs> a bit difficult to sort of work out its its characteristics in flight 
Um, but when they're hanging, when they're roosting, hanging from a ceiling, that they're, they're unmistakable. Okie dokie. And then one more. Which one have I missed out? The brown long-eared bat, is it? Yes, yeah. yes. That, that, that they're possibly the cutest bat. They're the bat you want to show people to, to get them to... <laughs> Getting them interested. ...turned on. Um, comparatively common, but long been long known. Um, 1885, I think, is the first published record of them in Bride Church, and they're still in Bride Church, which is lovely. Um, as the name implies, they've got huge ears and very peculiar ones because they can <coughs> erect them and whatever the opposite of erect is by pumping blood in or not. Um, when they go to sleep, they sort of tuck them in under their wings. Um, a very foxy, pointy-like face. But these, these ears are so good um, that you don't really pick them up on bat detectors because they don't use echolocation very much to hunt. Oh. They can just hear. It is said they can hear a beetle walking on a leaf from a metre away. So easy, easy to see without the bat detector then? or um, They can be if you're in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Always the way, isn't it? <laughs> uh, they're quite slow flyers. They... they um, I think the the official word is gleaning. That they, they hover around in front of bushes and trees, listening for food, and then picking it off the leaves. So you see them in sort of gardens, orchards, yes, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 and fairly widespread around the island. To yes. our knowledge, oh, that's pretty good. Right, so that is the that is our list of nine. Then, so perhaps we should also just touch base with a few other common things. So again. It's illegal to handle bats unless you've got a handling licence, so if you do see them, you're not actually allowed to touch them or move them, so if anyone ever sees, a, I don't know, an injured one or, or is worried about one, they really need to get in contact with the bat group or similar. Um, yes, it's, I know we have a helpline, uh, which is on, on the website, and um, three or four uh, dedicated volunteers who will look after them. Um, it depends quite what the, the situation is, whether they need to be taken into care or, or just... Um, put outside to fly away when night comes but somebody will come along and, and assess that and help you through it and then people do worry because uh, obviously they do go into places like say into crevices into attics loft spaces churches old buildings like that obviously they, they can sometimes make a bit of a mess with the droppings is this anything to worry about and people oh gosh they'll be worried about disease and such like is that a genuine concern or really nothing nothing that should concern people um, by and large, it shouldn't concern people. There, there can be uh, just one, one risk. Actually, it's very close to where you live. <laughs> um, I mean, we might get onto that later. And they've got a communications room, I suppose, where, where they had all their electronics um, and boil, well, not boiler, the heating system mm. anyway. And there was a hatch to the loft up above, which they had open. So there was droppings all over the floor from their back colony, and they didn't mind at all. But there's one other roost I know of, and the the lady hates them. Whenever she opens her loft, the droppings come down. Yeah. She, she says, oh, they're dirty. And, but in actual fact, the droppings are, are dry. They're just the exoskeleton and crunched up of, of the insects they've been eating. Um, and that's one way you tell that they are bats and not mice, because they, they just crumble in your fingers. And they are said to be um, good fertiliser for tomatoes. Perfect. If, if you have a, a lot of them. 
they do wee a bit, I suppose they must do, because um, they're mammals like us, but it's not concentrated in one spot, so mm. there's there's no smell either to these. I have heard in the past really big roosts um, that can cause weight on your ceilings, but that doesn't seem to happen these days, the numbers that we've now left with. Um, you say that left with, so are the, are the numbers generally, the populations, are they in decline, do we think? I think they've declined from what they were pre-Second World War, but how much, I can't say. Um, but just speaking to some of the older naturalists, you know, the, the numbers they claim to have seen in their youth, and is that, do you think, just sort of the change in sort of the way we live, the way our houses are built, sort of old buildings getting demolished and not left like, like they might have been in the past? Um, I, I think it's changes in the countryside. Mm. But then again, there's far more trees now than there was then. There's far more houses than there was then. So it's, it's, quite, it's quite difficult to assess, really, where we're at with them. They're all protected, of course, a fascinating species. Uh, I know there's quite a lot of interest on the Isle of Man, and the back group seems to have gone from uh, strength to strength. So people do want to find out more, uh, either find out for their own interest or maybe uh, get involved, or indeed they might want some help if they've uh, got seen some bat species in their garden or in their attic or outbuildings or whatever. Can they get in contact with the bat group? Uh, well, yes, and these, these days the easiest way is through the website, which is... Um I do, do you use www's anymore? I don't you know. can if you like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I think everyone knows it there now, yeah, don't they? Well, you're the sort. <laughs> uh, it's manx, manxbatgroup.org, all one word, um, very easy to find. And there's a, a contact us page on there, set, uh, emails get sent off and somebody will respond. Lovely. That's the thing to do. So if you're interested in bats, and who wouldn't be, frankly, as uh, brilliant species and uh, just one of the most fascinating mammals I think on the planet why not find out more, get in contact with the Max Bat Group